Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. As regular listeners know, at the end of last month, I traveled from Orlando, where I live, to New York City for a week of work and shows. Since I had already seen much of the best that Broadway had to offer from the previous season, a majority of my trip was spent seeing shows off-Broadway. In this episode, I speak with stars from three of those shows, one play, one musical, and one show that simply defies explanation, even for its star and creator. In this episode, I will speak with the multi-talented actress Rebecca Naomi Jones, currently starring in Fire and Dreamland at The Public. Then I speak with Derek Delgadio, the creator and star of one of the most unique shows that I've ever seen, in and of itself, currently playing at the Daryl Roth Theater downtown. And then finally, I talked to Connor Ryan, who has returned to the role of Johnny Blood in the off-Broadway transfer of the musical Desperate Measures, which had a multi-extended, drama-desk winning run at the York Theater at the end of 2017. Now, what's interesting about all three of these shows is that there's only a total of 10 performers in all three of them combined. However, each in its own unique way finds a way to feel both intimate and all-encompassing at the same time. In this mini-episode, I talk with Rebecca Naomi Jones. To hear the full episode, visit broadwayradio.com or check your feed wherever you get podcasts. First, I speak with Rebecca Naomi Jones, whose career has involved Broadway musicals like Passing Strange, American Idiot, and Hedwig and the Angry Inch, as well as the Broadway play Significant Other. But she's also been involved with an incredibly diverse mix of off-Broadway works like Describe the Night, Marie and Rosetta, The Fortress of Solitude, Murder Ballad, and many more. Currently through August 5th, she brings her varied talents and experiences to Rena Groff's new play Fire and Dreamland, directed by Marissa Wolfe. In the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy, a disillusioned do-gooder named Kate, played by Jones, meets Yop, played by TV star Enver Jokai, a charismatic European making a film about the 1911 fire that burned Coney Island's Dreamland Amusement Park to the ashes. The show also stars the first Usnavi that I ever saw, Kyle Beltran. As Rebecca and I discuss, I saw the show on the Sunday of last month's Pride March, so it wasn't exactly the best attended performance of a show that I saw on my trip, but it was nonetheless affecting. As I try to say in a poorly articulated question, the show finds a way to make you feel as if you are literally in the middle of the story, as if you're watching your own story unfold all around you. I have spent a lot of time thinking about the messages and structure of this show in the week and a half since I saw it, and it continues to open up and reveal new things to me. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Rebecca Naomi Jones. So I saw the show uh, yesterday, and I think oh, I'm still... afternoon or evening? Afternoon. Why? Is there okay. a difference? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it was, just, it was our first matinee, so, you know, it was, it was just, you know, it's educational. <laughs> well, yeah, and especially on, on Pride Weekend, I feel like a lot of people were probably uh, either had other things going on, but it's a, kind of a different audience <laughs> yeah. a little bit between the afternoon and the evening performances. <laughs> yeah, that too, that too. Okay. We had been warned kindly uh, from Yuvika, who's one of our producers, we had been warned that that our, our Sunday our Sunday matinees and particularly our yesterday Pride matinee was was going to be a little lean so it was yeah. <laughs> but you know and it was yeah it was, it was fine it was, it was we were there and they were there and 
you were there, so it was good. I was there. I was there, and I and I've got to tell you, and I I think I'm still kind of wrapping my head uh, around the show. But one thing, and maybe it had something to do with that leanness in the crowd. But I, I felt like the show, and maybe it's the way it's it's told, maybe it's the the, the cast, but it really felt to. I don't know, wash over me is not the the right word, but kind of engulf the whole space because it really felt incredibly personal, even more than, you know, a normal play would. Is that something that you feel having done it now for a week or so? Yeah. Um, When you say personal, do you mean like it it felt like, um, like the story itself feels like... um, well, it, it, what I'll, I'll explain because I don't want to make you uh, make you guess what I was thinking. <laughs> but um, okay. no, it, it felt it, I mean, it felt impactful personally, but it felt like I was in the middle of it. It felt like it was partially my story um, uh, watching what your character went through like, going on that journey, oh, that's cool. which was rather that's tumultuous. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think maybe that I mean, I think a big part of that is probably um, the beautiful music that that Brendan, our sound designer, is layering in because it really helps to aid in this cinematic feel throughout the play, which I think uh, there's something about that. I mean, his music is so beautiful, but it also just, it's got that thing that some music has that weirdly makes you feel nostalgic for something like that you're you're not even sure what it is. So I, I feel like that's a big part of it. Like something about his music right from the start really makes me like feel my mm. own history start to get sort of like I don't know dredged up in my body and so maybe that's something that's like quietly happening for the audience as well and um and I don't know I mean aside from that I think there's something about this story I've said it before in rehearsal I mean it's, it sounds a little bit cheesy to say but I've thought about it a lot where it feels like the way a Joni Mitchell song can sometimes feel where it's like it's huh. so specific and personal and not your story, but there's something about it that's so specific and personal that it feels like you totally relate to it. I don't know. No, absolutely. And, I, and that's what's so interesting about this is because when you set, and I don't want to spoil you know, a, a whole lot of, of the stuff in the show itself, but when you come mm-hmm. out and you kind of give us the lay of the land, so to speak, at the very beginning, we mm-hmm. think that we're going on one very specific journey. And then mm. to see the twist and turns that that story goes through, to me, kind of that surprise as to what this story was really about, as opposed to what yeah. I thought it was about from the beginning, kind of jolted yeah. me to to a, to a point that I I didn't expect. You know, I you know it was um, the journey that your character Kate goes on is is a tumultuous one, like I said, but it, it's very revelatory and it feels so necessary to yeah. what the settings for that story, you know, for the backdrop of what's being told. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. And I feel like that's um that's something I love about the story so much because cause it is all interwoven with this this story about Brooklyn and Coney Island, the place, the setting, but also about this you know, this this artistic journey and then this personal journey and just the way all of those things impact one another is a really major part of this story. No, absolutely. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the the story a little bit for people who aren't familiar with it. Um, you play a character named Kate, and do you want to kind of just give the mm-hmm. the elevator pitch for what this is about? Yeah, um, Kate is a character who um, she moved to Coney Island for a job, a, a corporate job, really. She she works for a company that is 
it's sort of like a it's a government ish kind of job. She um, she does sort of like the the bureaucratic side of philanthropy in a weird way. I guess is that a, do you think that's appropriate yeah. to say? Yeah, I think that makes she, sense. Um, yeah, she's like in a way trying to do good, but on the real businessy side of it with all of the red tape, and um, she really is just like working for a company who is sort of half trying to partner up with, uh, you know, let's say like a big corporation, like a McDonald's type corporation and, um, partner that up with like a new playground initiative for these kids and, uh, to have in, in Coney Island in this neighborhood. I mean, it's not actually McDonald's in our story. It's mad burger, <laughs> but in a way, I think she feels like she's, she's doing something important because it is a company that is trying to partner up with the community by partnering this playground initiative for these children up with a big major fast food company. And in a way that is something positive for the community of Coney Island, um, especially a year after Superstorm Sandy in which Coney Island is still in a state of devastation. And so Kate is, is working this, you know, this regular nine to five job and, and doing PowerPoints and like, and doing what she can, but you know, in amidst all of that, she's mourning the death of her father. Her father passed away eight years ago. And, um, and her father, uh, is a major figure in her life. And she's, I think still holding on to, uh, some guilt, but also some, a sense of, of failure because she's not, I think measuring up to the idea of what her father expected from her and what she expected from herself in, in the shadow of who her father was in terms of what he did. And her father was someone who dedicated his entire life to social work. Kate mentions in the beginning of the play that her father worked in a methadone clinic in the same job for most of his adult life. And you know, if you really think about what that job was, it yeah. it had to be incredibly difficult. And especially we've talked about this in rehearsal, like, you know, those clinics are so complicated because people are detoxing and they're, but they're also like going on methadone and it's, it's just, it's really complicated. And uh, anyway, it's just, it's to, to think about what her father was committed to and um, where Kate is in her life. And she talks a lot in the beginning about how she's, sort of bounced around from, from different things. She tried doing Teach for America and she, um, she worked with her dad in the methadone clinic for a bit, but here she is now, um, you know, having moved to Coney Island for this job job, um, which is like somewhat connected to social work because it's somewhat, it's got a community outreach element to it, but it's really, it's really not like in the trenches of social work. And so we meet Kate at the beginning of the play in a, in a state of sort of just like still trying to deal quietly with, um, with the loss of her father. And also I think the loss of faith and confidence in herself and, and what she yeah, yeah, yeah. hopes to be and promised to, to, to do with her life. And, um, and it, it, I think it becomes clear over the course of the play in subtle ways that her relationship with her mother is somewhat fractured and, and that she doesn't really have anyone. It's really interesting. Like she mentions sort of one 
friend over the course of the play, and that friend is an ex-boyfriend who she hasn't really been in touch with for a long time. And so she's done this thing where she's isolated herself in this apartment in Coney Island, and all of that is to say she's she's on her own. And um, and I guess um, I don't know. You were asking about her journey in the play. I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, she. I think there are a lot of beautiful layers in in that go into what. In, that go into saying what this play is about, um, yeah. which is like a, a great, it's a goal of, of Rinna's as well. I mean, she, she really talks about the layers, the palimpsest of it all. And, um, and I think, you know, it, it, one element of this play is that it's about how you can meet people in your life, in your life who, with whom you become intertwined and those people can, become very pivotal and important to you and your life and to your life's journey and still not be the right person for you. Yeah. And on the way that can, can impact you negatively on the way to something positive. (laughs) Well, no. And I think that's, that's one of the things that I took away the most is, and, and this is probably a metaphor that I'm drawing in my head, maybe just because it's, you know, Coney Island. And I think you guys mentioned it as well, but it really is, this roller coaster of a of a relationship and a journey for Kate that there are yeah. ups, there are downs, but ultimately it arrives at a final destination that we think, um, you know, we don't really know at the end, but we feel like does have a a positive resol- resolution, even if everything that got her there was less than smooth sailing. Yes, I completely agree with that, and I think that is the overall. I don't want to say message, but I think that is the overall. Um, the overall ride that we want to take uh, <laughs> from the play, which is that the idea of people making their way through something incredibly devastating in their lives and holding on to what that devastation has meant for them and continues to mean for them and having it be a part of who they are from then on, but finding a way to keep going and move on with their lives and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you you talked about maybe some of these people in Kate's life are not as positive. So let's talk about the uh, the other cast members in, in this uh-huh. show with uh, Kyle and Enver. It, um, it's such an interesting, again, without spoiling a whole lot, the way that this yeah. show kind of evolves in the dynamics between Kate and the other characters. Um, what what yeah. has it been like working with, with these two guys? Oh, it's been great. I mean, um, Kyle is a really good friend of mine already. We um, we met years ago doing Fortress of Solitude at the Public. Right. Um, and we actually, we met um, prior to actually doing the production at the Public, we met doing uh, workshops of the play. And so uh, we've known each other since 2012, and he really is one of my dearest friends. So that has been really special um, for me and for both of us because we – we love each other deeply and we support each other. And I think, you know, just over the rehearsal process, it's just been really, really important to have someone, you know, as a real, a real cheerleader. Um, and, um, and also I just, I just think the world of him as an actor. And so that's been really yeah. great, especially with these two characters who um, I think when you first meet, Lance, the character that Kyle plays, there's a little bit of like a um, question mark period for the audience going like, who is this person? 
Uh, how is he related to these other characters? Like, what's going to happen here? Um, which is really fun. And I think, um, and I think the journey for these two characters and their relationship is really interesting and, and, and starts off a little rocky. And I think Kyle does such a great job of playing this character who's really sort of blunt and says things as they are. It's not <laughs> yeah. a mean person. It's not, it's not coming from a place of just like, oh, he's a bad guy. It's just like he doesn't operate from a place of like constantly thinking about how what he says is going to could could be perceived by the other person and i think you know just the fact that kyle and i have chemistry as friends really is is helpful in those in those scenes with the two of us and and there i'd only just met um for this production although i had seen him in something on TV, but I still can't figure out what it is because he um, does oh. mostly TV acting out in L.A. Um, but I know I've seen him on something like I, I feel like it might be something really random like like Law and Order, even though he's done like <laughs> bigger roles on bigger TV shows and all of that. But well, um, I've been a fan. Yeah, I've been a fan of his for about 10 years. So uh, so oh I'm on the goodness. other side. So I came into this, uh, you know, knowing both you and Kyle from the theater and him from TV. It was a really interesting uh, universe for to kind of see inhabited on stage. That is amazing. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Well, he's great. He's really like dedicated to to figuring out, you know, exactly how where his character um, sort of ticks from, um, and and the character is really delicious and fun. And um, I think you know that's that's why that character is so impactful on the play because he's, he's, yeah. he's like complicated and uh, also again, not a bad guy, like does things that are tricky yeah. and um, that cause negative, you know, negative things to happen. But he, but I think the character is really um, just like devil may care, like out here to, to make this film happen and, hoping to like have other people get on board with that. And, uh, you know, by any, by any means, I'm going to like make this art happen. And he's a charming guy and, you know, and, and Vera is just like fully committed to, um, to finding all the ins and outs of the character and, um, really, you know, lovely and positive to work with and really beautifully dedicated to, um, his accent work in the play, which is really phenomenal. And, um, yeah, so it's been it's been a really special process working with these two guys, and and then of course um, our our stage management team is really special too. So it's just it's been a really um, it's, I, I felt really lucky and really safe the whole time in the room. And I'd, I'd imagine Which in a show nice. like that, yeah, I would imagine that in a show like this where your character does go through it um that having mm -hmm. that 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 safety net is important but one thing i, I oh, it, yeah absolutely well one thing i wanted to talk to you about real quick before we, we end up is that i love just kind of from a thousand foot view looking at your career and, and all of the different types of things you do um whether it's <laughs> you know musicals or or, or plays or sh you know small stuff or you know off broadway on broadway and, and obviously i understand that actors take what opportunities are there but is there any kind of plan a as you pick shows and kind of go through the different you know machinations of what the business throws at you just kind of mm -hmm. all the different stuff that you do how do you 
how does that all come together? Is there a plan or is it, this sounds interesting, I'm going to do it? it? It just kind of fascinates me at the different stuff that you do that kind of prevents you from being pigeonholed in one type of role or another. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a major part of it is, um, is does when, when something comes across my email, like either as an offer or as an audition, it's like the, the first thing is, um, do I like this writing? Do I like this character? Do I find this interesting? And then especially if it's on stage, I mean, if it's TV uh, or film at this point, usually I'm like, if I like, if I like the character, if I like the writing, I'm usually game. But if it's theater, you know, the thing, the beautiful thing about theater is we're doing, we're, we're, I'm going to be doing this play eight shows a week for who knows how long. So I really find it important to, to think about at the very beginning, is this something that I'm going to want to really pour myself into and like, and, and give myself to, um, for all of this time. Um, because I want to do it justice. I want to be able to be excited about whatever it is and be creatively stimulated enough by whatever it is to continue working on it and pursuing the storytelling that is required of me for three, you know, three to four weeks of rehearsal. And then whoever knows how many weeks of, of eight shows a week, which is, which is a lot of work. Um, and so, so yeah, I think the major thing for me is like, am I for theater is like, am I excited about like trying to key into who this character is and where this character comes from? And, uh, and the story, of course, like how this character, feed, you know, feeds into the story and do I love the story and do I love the writing and, and all of that. That's, a, that's really like the major factor yeah. to me. And then of course, you know, there are, there are like the older I get, of course, the more, um, stuff comes into play, like, okay, how long is this run and where is it? And, um, is it on Broadway or off Broadway? Like, you know, the money becomes of course a factor and, yeah. um, all of that. But, um, but generally it's, 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 it's about like how excited I am about this particular production, this team, this direction, you know? Um, yeah. Am I, am I turned on by the idea of this project is, is sort of where I, where I come from. And also right now I'm, I'm, yeah, I think for a while there, maybe like 10 years ago, it was like, Oh, this is a person who's, who does edgy rock musicals and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it's fun to have sort of stepped into doing more things just by the nature of, yeah, picking things that are, are, that have variety and that excite me in different ways and, and all of that. Yeah. Having more experiences in my actual life to inform my art artistic life and all of that yeah i hope that answers your question <laughs> no absolutely and, and as i was sitting here listening to you talk about it I, I did start to see even more parallels with kate because she goes through this thing and tries to f- tries all these different things you know to kind of see how they feel on her and, and how they yes. nourish her and it you know obviously in a much different you know arena and for different reasons, but I, I kind of saw the connections between all of the different types of things that you do with Kate trying to find the thing, um, yeah. that makes her feel fulfilled. So, so I love that. And yeah. like I said, at the beginning, I'm, I'm still, 
going through everything uh, from yesterday and and the more I think about kind of the whole structure of it, the more it really mm-hmm. kind of uh, gets me even more excited. Uh, and again, I don't want to spoil <laughs> anything, but like, but like, yeah. uh, you know, once you really start to to figure out who everybody is, everything yeah. that comes before comes into a much different light that really it's it felt interesting and, and cool at first, but feels really, really illuminating once you kind of see the whole picture. I love that. I love, love, love hearing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you got to see it again. It's, you know, it's yeah. changing still every day. I mean, we, oh, we've, sure. we had cuts and changes every single day of this first week of previews. And uh, we've already got a nice stack of cuts <laughs> and changes for this coming week for Tuesday. I'm sure the whole awesome. week will continue to change, which is really well, exciting. Yeah, and I'm sure that's one of the fun things about working on a on a new show too is is being able to it be really in the room. It really is. It yeah. really is. Well, I just was saying yesterday to um to some of the wardrobe ladies that it's like that is like some of the most exciting stuff about being in theater and in theater working on a new play, especially with someone who's sort of brave the way Rinna is to just be like, "Well, I'm just going to cut some beautiful poetic lines that I had yeah. that we all loved because it's going to serve the play better. And it's going to make this clearer and it's going to make this other thing later on more impactful. And, and it, what it does for us as actors is, is keeps us quite literally on our toes and, and yeah. keeps everything feeling sort of risky and scary. And, um, and I think just continues to make the play feel exciting and new. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMATT. You can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have information for each of the performers and shows in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced by me. Special thanks to Rebecca Naomi Jones, Derek Delgadio, Connor Ryan, Julie Danny, Danielle Ruff, Leslie Papa, Elsa Hoke, Scott Klein, and the man without whom none of Broadway radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, oh, it is excellent to have a giant strength, but it is tyrannous to use it like a giant. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more. (laughs) 